Testament Pentecost reading is from Leviticus 23, verses 15 to 22, the Festival of Weeks. From the day after the Sabbath, the day you brought the sheaf of the wave offering, count off seven full weeks. Count off fifty days up to the day after the seventh Sabbath, and then present an offering of new grain to the Lord. From wherever you live, bring two loaves made of two tents of an ephah of the finest flour, baked with yeast, as a wave offering of first fruits to the Lord. Present with this bread seven male lambs, each a year old and without defect, one young bull and two rams. They will be a burnt offering to the Lord, together with their grain offerings and drink offerings, a food offering, and aroma pleasing to the Lord. Then sacrifice one male goat for a sin offering and two lambs, each a year old, for a fellowship offering. The priest is to wave the two lambs before the Lord as a wave offering, together with the bread of the first fruits. They are a sacred offering to the Lord for the priest. On that same day, you are to proclaim a sacred assembly and do no regular work. This is to be a lasting ordinance for the generations to come, wherever you live. When you reap the harvest of your land, do not reap to the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Leave them for the poor and for the foreigner residing among you. I am the Lord your God. Our New Testament Pentecost reading is from Acts 2, verses 42 to 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Let's pray. Lord God, we give you thanks for this opportunity to be together uh, in your presence, in the presence of your people on this Pentecost Sunday. We thank you for the participation that has taken place this morning, and we thank you for the power and presence of your Holy Spirit upon us. Um, Lord, we thank you for your word, the many passages that were read, Old and New Testament, and how they are so connected to one another. And may, as we're uh, hearing the proclamation of your word this morning, we pray that you will continue to pour out your Holy Spirit upon us, so that, we will, that you will open our hearts and minds, and our, open our Pentecost eyes to what it is that you want us to see and do and respond to you and all that you give to us to your son Jesus Christ. Amen. Today's sermon is connecting some of the Old and New Testament passages together. The visual arts team of our church brought to my attention last year an article that was included in the June 2017 um, of the banner. Uh, the banner of course is a monthly uh, magazine in the Christian Reformed denomination. The Banner article was titled, Pentecost Eyes. And I direct your attention to the various windows around the church 
uh, this morning how these visuals relate to the various scripture passages that have been read this morning. And also a description is included in the bulletins this week. So we're first going to look at the Old Testament passages, passage rather of Leviticus 23. Leviticus is a uh, book on encouraging the people of Israel on the importance of being holy and living according to God's preferred future, according to God's will. Not to be satisfied, not to be settled with the status quo where, wherever people are today, but move forward, being transformed to the living out of God's holy will. That's what we as Reformed believers do. Leviticus is a book that talks a lot about sacrifices. It talks a lot about feasts. Encouraging again a response of holiness. Living our lives for God. So in the early part of Leviticus 23. We didn't read the early part verses. But it refers to the Passover feast. That was celebrated by the Jewish people once a year. The Passover celebrated that the Jews were freed from slavery in Egypt. And at the Passover, the people brought, at that time, sheaves of wheat. They brought sheaves of wheat as an offering to God. Now, when we jump to the New Testament, Jesus was crucified during the Passover. Representing that He was now the final sacrificial offering. And that we are freed from slavery, from all our sins. And on account of that, God doesn't want our sacrificial offerings, but He calls us to offer our thanksgivings to Him. We also do that next week as we come together as one body, as we come together this week preparing our hearts of thanksgiving as we celebrate the Lord's Supper. The next feast that was celebrated was then 50 days after the annual Sabbath Passover meal. This was read in Leviticus 23, 15 and 22. And it's referred to as a Jewish feast of weeks. And it was, this was the Old Testament Pentecost, meaning 50. The Passover, again, was on account of freedom from Egypt. And the Feast of Weeks, which was 50 days later, in which people celebrated. They celebrated that they were given the law, the Torah from God. They were reminded through this that God was their God. They were His people. And part of the covenantal response was that they recommitted their lives to serving God. To continually seeking His will. So at the Feast of Weeks, the Old Testament Pentecost, the Jewish people would again travel to Jerusalem as large crowds. Celebrating. And now this time not bringing sheaves of wheat as they did in the Passover, but now the harvest was ripe and they were bringing their offerings of loaves of bread, thanking God for the harvest that they were blessed with. Now in order to have these loaves, of course, they needed the sheaves. The sheaves had to be ground into flour and then the flour cooked. And they had already gone through this rigorous process of preparing these loaves and bringing them as an offering to the Lord. It was again a reminder that the Lord provides. That the Lord provides their food through bread and, and through livestock. And that people should not take this for granted. Give God thanks for His many blessings. Give God thanks that He is our God. 
So the Jewish people were to bring their bread, they were to bring their animals, present them to the Lord as another offering. And at this feast, they were also then given specific instructions. As the Lord has provided for you, you too must share your provisions and provide for others. See, in addition to these offerings that people made to the glory of God, the people were also given instructions to offer goods to the poor. So the specifics that was read in verse 22 of Leviticus 23 was that every farmer, which was almost everyone, many people in those days, they were not to harvest the edge of their fields because this was to be left for the poor and for the foreigner. This was to be left for those who were not as financially well off and for the refugees and immigrants. This was to be left for those who were marginalized. And this was an intentional action by the people, commanded by God. It was a time of sharing blessings. Again, this was a rule for the farmers, which at that time involved several people and involved much of their economic activity and their daily life. But the principle behind this command was for everyone when they were involved in their work, going about their daily routines, they continually had to be justice-minded. They continually had to be compassionate. As they were in their daily tasks, people were to continually ask themselves the question, what does God desire for me in this role? How can I have God and others more in mind? How can I think about myself less? What does God require of you? Gems? To act justly, to love mercy, to walk humbly with your God. Micah 6 verse 8. And these are not just nice biblical statements that we can say together in church. God expects us to live his commands out in their lives, in our lives. Pentecost, the recommitment of people's lives to the glory of God, for the growth and justice of God's kingdom. So people were expected to intentionally leave some of the harvest along the edges of their fields. Now, of course, when commands come into place, what happens is then people tend to take a legalistic approach. And then the question becomes, how much edge do I leave? So people started leaving corners, and others perhaps didn't even follow this command, seeing that, oh, other people will take care of it. See, so often we all put rules around God's rules. What is my edge today? In giving, is my edge before taxes, after taxes, after mortgage, after rent, before car payments or depreciation on my assets? I mean, you get it. We are putting, we are so good at putting more rules on the rules. Or we, are, we so often try to protect the church with so many policies, thinking that we can do a better job than God. And, and don't get me wrong, it's all okay to have rules and commands and policies as long as we're not stifling God's work for us in His kingdom. And God wants us to be generous. He wants us to be gracious. He wants us to be compassionate with His good gifts that He blesses us with. 
So Pentecost in the Old Testament was about giving God thanks for His Word, for His faithfulness, for all His many blessings, and sharing our thankfulness with others. Well, now we jump to the New Testament and that story. It was the day of Pentecost. Again, 50 days after the Passover. People were together celebrating the Feast of Weeks. And so there were thousands and thousands of people that had traveled to Jerusalem for that celebration. Thousands of people bringing their offerings of bread and animals. We heard the New Testament story of Pentecost earlier in the service. In Acts 2, verses 1 to 13, the story that tells of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit of Jesus upon God's people and a miraculous event that happened one time in history, marking the beginning of the New Testament church. And following this story, some people then questioned as to what on earth was going on and even questioned the sobriety of the people. And the Apostle Peter pipes up in Acts 2, verse 15, Folks, nobody's drunk because it's only nine in the morning. Now, if it were today, we'd probably say it's noon somewhere. But Peter goes on to say that this was prophesied. This was prophesied by the prophet Joel. Hundreds of years before, Joel 2. Peter goes on to present the gospel message to the people. In Acts 2.41, those who accepted the message, they were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. God was initiating this tremendous growth surge in His church. And people were responding in obedience and in thanksgiving. So then we continue the story with Acts 2, 42 and 47. Where the believers were together. And scripture says they had everything in common. Just look at that for a moment. Believers had everything in common. Now... I really doubt that they had everything in common. But to say that they had everything in common makes the point that people were not looking at their differences. Galatians 3.28 Oh, you're a Jew, a Gentile, a, a slave, free, male, female. It doesn't matter because this is Pentecost. This is the church and we have Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit of Jesus in common. And we must learn to stop looking at each other based on our differences and our diversity. Because that tends to create judgments. Instead, we need to look at each other with what we have in common. All the believers were together and they had everything in common. And brothers and sisters, that's unity. The verses go on to state that they sold property. And possessions to give to anyone who had need. You see, the Feast of Weeks was celebrated. And it was no longer about farmers leaving an edge or a corner of their field. The Holy Spirit came down upon the people. And not only edges of the fields were to be left for the vulnerable and the alien and for those in need, but we read in verse 45 of Acts 2 they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Again, generous and compassionate and gracious and just in all areas of our lives. 
eating, fellowshipping, being together, selling property and possessions and sharing, praising God. What beautiful attributes and characteristics as believers to have in common. You see, when Jesus enters into the hearts of his people, the response can only be one of thanksgiving and gratitude. As we heard in the children's message, we see the spirit of Jesus at work in the lives of his people. So in Leviticus, the sheaves were brought to the Passover. And then the 50 days following, the wheat was ripened, ground into flour, as we mentioned, and then the bread was made. And this, of course, you would assume, of course, is a process. Now again, take this to the New Testament. The week of the Passover. Christ was killed. He was brought to the cross. He rose from the dead. He lived among his people for 40 days until his bodily ascension. And 50 days after his resurrection, on the Feast of Weeks, where wheat is ripened, the Holy Spirit is poured out onto the people. And the New Testament church is ripened. It begins. The process of the physical bread in the Old Testament is fulfilled through the spiritual bread in the New Testament. And is evident in the explosion of the church in the New Testament. Jesus has gathered the sheaves. He has gathered his church. And in Paul's letter in 1 Corinthians 10, 15, we hear these words, Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all share in the one loaf. And again, we have the opportunity as God's people to share that same loaf next week, Sunday, as we celebrate sacrament of Lord's Supper. Of course, coming with our differences and coming with diversity and even struggles but coming to the table, looking at what we have in common. We have that one loaf, sharing the one loaf, sharing the bread of life. The Old Testament loaf is fulfilled with the New Testament loaf, the body of Christ, the church. And then the Old Testament church was gathered and taught to live out justice and grace. The New Testament church is gathered and taught to live out justice and grace to all the nations. And maybe the specifics about how justice and grace is to be carried out has changed over the centuries because culture and context has changed. But the principle behind Pentecost from the Old Testament that has been carried into the New Testament has not. Recommit our lives to God and give thanks to God for all that He has given His people and share those thanksgivings with so many others. So on this Feast of Weeks, on this Pentecost, God poured out His Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit of Jesus was given to the church, to the people, to comfort, to encourage, to equip, to empower. And we've been blessed physically and spiritually. And we are called to share our physical and spiritual blessings with others to build God's kingdom here on earth. Pentecost is about the work of the Holy Spirit and how we can respond by sharing everything that we've been given. Pentecost is sharing our physical possessions and food and finances. And Pentecost is also sharing our spiritual possessions, our spiritual food. We're to share all that we have. And we're to do that in our everyday activities. It's to be part of our everyday life. And not just in Sundays, 
but in our daily walk, in our daily routines. So how do we live out the gospel of Jesus and practice hospitality and compassion and justice on Sundays? But then how does this look? How does this look like in our places of influence? When we go back to school on Tuesday after this long weekend, or go back to work, or go back to our communities and to our neighbors, what does it look like to invite our neighbors over or to share our possessions? What does hospitality look like today? What does generosity look like today? How much edge are we sharing? Are we hospitable and generous to those who are marginalized? Well, let's bring in one more connecting New Testament passage. Pentecost eyes. I'm going to do that briefly. And it comes from the Sermon on the Mount. We heard some of these words in our early call to worship this morning. Matthew 6, Jesus refers to certain spiritual disciplines. He refers to prayer and fasting and giving to the needy. And in Matthew 6, 22-23, we read, The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Pentecost eyes. In these two verses... Jesus is talking about the eyes. And in this banner article, it mentions how Ray Vanderland, I think third great uncle from the Vanderlands in our church, far removed, Ray Vanderland is an ordained pastor who is very knowledgeable on the cultural practices of ancient Israel. And he says this, he says the phrase, your eyes are good or your eyes are healthy, is Jewish slang, meaning that someone is being generous to the poor. For those who have left large edges in their fields for poor and marginalized, or for those who gave their possessions, your neighbors would say, your eyes are healthy. Generosity, grace, justice, love, hospitality, sharing physical and spiritual blessings, healthy eyes. Now we're not called to share for self-gratification. We don't share for the benefit of ourselves. We do this. You are doing this for the benefit of God's kingdom. For the glory of God. We're to share our possessions. We're to share the gospel message of Jesus. Pentecost. The Holy Spirit was not given so that we would go to church. The Holy Spirit was given so that we would be the church and grow the church. So that we would be the church on Sundays through Saturdays. Our Lord and Savior, He emptied Himself out for us. Jesus became poor so that we can become so rich. He died so that spiritually we do not have to. He rose so that we will have eternal life. And He ascended into heaven and He promised the Holy Spirit. And on Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came upon the people. And He continued to bless His people and His church. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Brothers and sisters, God has provided so many blessings to His people. God has given us so much. So we're left with the question how are you responding to people's needs and ensuring justice 
and the gospel are being lived out in your life. Growing God's kingdom. We're left with the question, are your eyes healthy? Amen. Let's pray. Holy God, Holy Spirit, Holy Savior, we praise you three in one. We praise you for entrusting and empowering your people, your church, to participate in your kingdom work. Help us to grow your kingdom through justice and love and grace that is first given to us through you. Equip us through your spirit. And where we fall short, where our eyes may be hard and seen, convict us through your Holy Spirit and renew our hearts and our minds and our eyes, knowing that you've forgiven all our sins. Hear our prayer. Only in the name of Jesus we pray this. Amen.